Filled episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I am Scoop Magoot. I'm Jim Jam. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really like the uh, the inflection I chose on <laughs> that, that. Like <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I I always I always add like a little little something something little little, little spice, little panache. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so we are doing a, a free episode, which is great because I'm recovering from my sister's wedding, so I needed something a little <laughs> light and just to, you know, chat it up. And yes, but, but blo- Bloody Marys and conversation about music. Exactly. And are you having a Bloody Mary right now? No, no. I'm, I, isn't it like a hangover thing that, that uh, it's like a good hangover um, drink? That honestly sounds like advice an alcoholic would give you because like yeah i know i'm just like hey the best way to cure alcohol drink more alcohol uh, <laughs> but well i mean come on it's duh yeah foolproof advice um yeah <laughs> but as we usually do in these free episodes we like to get the get the conversation flowing with our albums of the week because oftentimes when we ha- we do our album of the week segment and we're talking about how we need to you know we need to exit stage right, we end up having like a whole separate conversation about our, our picks for the week. So, w- which end up going to fun places. Yeah. But, no, it's yes. always fun. It's just yeah. funny. We're like, oh man, this episode ran long. Let's just quickly do albums of the week and then we talk oh for, I know we talk for fifteen more minutes. Uh, yeah. So why don't you take us away? What what's your album of the week? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, like just. So I, I, I've been having um, some technical issues with um, my CD player. So um, I haven't really been able to listen to a lot of stuff as much lately. And it kind of sucks because I bought a bunch of stuff for Bandcamp, mm-hmm. uh, you know, day uh, last week or Bandcamp Friday, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I guess I my... my my choice is just um, something I had from when my CD player worked and when it was still in the house. And it is uh, Space is the Place by Sun Ra. Nice. Um, yeah. You know, I it's because, I mean, the, like the, the, CD, the CD player problem has been um, going for a few weeks now. Um, so I've had like a couple CDs that have just been like on like my shelf, basically, that like or you know, like in a stack right next to my desk. And uh, so, like, OK Computer was up there, and uh, the self-titled Suicide album, and, mm. you know, and then Space is the Place. And so that was the last one I listened to. Well, no, I think I listened to OK Computer. I, I don't know. But anyway, th- th- that's, I think that's probably the most memorable out of out of all of them uh, for me. Um, because I just fucking love Sun Ra, and I really need to buy more Sun Ra. Mm. Um, even though I have... A couple albums already but still uh it just yeah uh, oh, man i like i is it, he's like one of those artists that just leaves me speechless a lot of the times like like just sort of the way he like composed music was just like so bizarre but so like like it's 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 like he's able to like dig into like the deepest reaches of someone's soul in a way, and just t- 
like just like tease out like the cosmic weirdness of like what's inherent in all of us in a way yeah. and just kind of slap it on wax and uh yeah just great stuff um I, I every time i think of the title track i just get it stuck in my head um <laughs> <laughs> just yeah 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 space is the place yeah um <laughs> anyway so that that was my album of the week um yes Nice. What a uh, well. I was oh, gonna say. I'm not sure if we've talked about this before. Uh, but what do you think about the fact that his orchestra, as as it's pronounced and spelled, uh, that they've <laughs> they've they've continued on, you know, after his passing. I I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, you know, I I think it's kind of like um. Like you know how like Leonard Skinner is still like going, even though like honestly, all of their band members died in the plane crash. Honestly, back in, like the I 70s. didn't know that. I gotta be totally honest. I did not know that. That that yeah. that feels weirder because at least he like you know Sun Ra was known to have a you know an orchestra as it as it will as it be, um, but the fact that it was a it just feels different with a rock band. I don't know like that the whole band perished and like who's even. Were there any survivors who even is? I, I want to say that there were like one or two people left over. Well, left over that that that's callous. Um, <laughs> wow. Whoops. Apologies. Um, yeah. No. I. Uh, I one or two people survived that crash. I, I. I don't even think they were on the plane. Maybe, but I mean, I, I guess if you want a better example, even. Um, what about like someone like Norma Jean? You know, where like none of the original band members are in the band anymore. Now that that's an interesting cuz yeah, you could say the orchestra is kind of continuing on his legacy, uh but I feel like yeah. Like that's an interesting case and there are other that happened a lot in that scene, I feel. Or like I mean, yeah. I can't think of any any specific examples, but Norma Jean's a great example in the sense that just over time like obviously it wasn't all at once and like you know, or however many members, just new members kind of showed up. It was that, you know, this person left, this person left. And now it's a totally, I, I could think of, um, like, Vanna or Emberosa is a great example where I don't know if there's any. Uh, oh, Attack Attack's also a good example. It's like a bunch of bands from that <laughs> scene. I think just because, and I don't know, people might get upset by this, but I just feel like the music that those, and Norma Jean isn't a great example because I think they actually make, you know, good music and it, it fits in the genre. But a lot of, like, the scene bands, I feel like people just grew out of that sound. Like, mm. I, I just feel like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe, too, I think that there could just be a lot of um, turnaround sometimes, you know, depending on, you know, it, it, it's sort of like, um, you know, almost like the no-wave scene or, like, you know, like the early hardcore punk scene where, like, you have these bands that existed for, like, a month. Or like you know, there or don't have like any known recorded material, um, where it's just like you know, I it's it's like the sort of the musicianship is just so like volatile and not in a um, not like in a negative way, but more just there's just I think a lot of conflicting ideas and you know things like that. Like that, I just think that there, there's a lot of you know um, turnaround. But I I think to kind of bring things back to the orchestra um i mean it's it, it's an interesting 
conundrum, I guess, because I, I mean, they're writing, I'm pretty sure new material, um, but they're releasing it under the orchestra name. But I also think that like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like Sunra would probably be okay with it almost. Like he just like, just considering the way that they would just like all the myriad names that they would use, like, which, you know, mostly consisted of just adjectives applied like right before orchestra <laughs> uh you know sun around mm-hmm. the cosmic orchestra etc etc et mm-hmm. um it, i don't know it, it just doesn't seem like it'd be that far-fetched in a way um and i feel like he was you know one of those people who i think you know i i, I feel like his compositions are you know an integral part of the music but I feel like the people in the orchestra are also just as important. Like it's like it's kind of like um like P funk in a way. Like you know George Clinton is is you know like the head of P funk you know, but you know to have you know someone like Eddie Hazel you know like he's an integral part of that band sound you know mm-hmm. uh, you know I, at at some points and something like Bootsy Collins and just you know a number of musicians in that you know at that time so it's like i don't it's it's a gray area i i just i I don't know if it's exactly a bad thing i guess um but it's i i mean i haven't really looked into it too much so i i can't really say definitively you know what what exactly i think about it if if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah i mean because i think for a while it was just they were continuing to perform, whatever. But I'm pretty sure they released a new album. Yeah, um, they so. they did. It was uh, like last year, I thought, like yeah. in like December or something like that. Um, yeah, and it, it was. But but they, I'm pretty sure that that it was original material. Like it wasn't like yeah, exactly. They were just rehashing. Like you know, I I, I guess I'm going to keep bringing examples into this, but like, um, like Dweezil Zappa, um, I you know is kind of like kind of like a similar thought process is that like you know a lot of his career has been just playing his father's music Mm. um and i you know that presents some interesting conversations right there because you know you kind of have to wonder is is that something he's you know is, is that a conscious choice it's you know i mean i i remember listening to an interview with him and he was saying like the interview was was actually asking him like you know how does it feel like to feel like you're always going to be under like i mean i think he 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 probably worded it better than i am now but like sort of like how how does it feel like how does it feel to know that you're probably never going to be able to get out of your father's shadow in a way and he's like i like being in the shadow basically you know, that, like, he chooses that, and, like, you know, it's something he wants to do. It's how he's honoring his father. Um, but at the same time, you can't, like, I mean, it's, you're also putting out albums, you know, that are just your your father's, you know, compositions. So I, I just, you know, it's it's definitely interesting i mean it's 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 also not to say that he hasn't done his own stuff it's just um it's pretty few and far between if you look at his work um so yeah it's it's just 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting idea of, of authorship, I guess. Um, and, you know, sort of, you know, whether this sort of counts into the idea of originality or not. Because, I mean, you, you could, you know, what, what if he does, you know, what, what if he plays those compositions better than his father did? You know, like it, it, it's, it's an interesting, you know, thought process. Yeah. The, um, by the same token, I'm trying to think of a child who surpassed. You know, I'm not saying it's not been done before, but I, I can't. Oh, I, oh, well, easy one from from I think last week or the week before um, Jeff Buckley. You know, oh, okay. his his father was, you know, a pretty decently well-known um artist in his own right who you know ironically star sailor was recorded on i think it was called normal uh, no i think it was called straight records which uh was founded by frank zappa so we're kind of bringing this thing you know sort of full circle in a way but yeah um you know but but i feel like most people know jeff buckley way more than they know his father yeah i i, I mean i didn't know jeff buckley was so that's a that's a good that's a good example um yeah, I'm trying to trying to think of others, but that it's an interesting interesting conundrum because I think people automatically, I mean, it's, just, it's impossible not to associate, you know, you with your parents just because that's. I, I remember remembered a, a funny meme where LeBron James' son, who also, I mean, unsurprisingly plays basketball, he he in <laughs> in an interview he said that he doesn't wear like LeBron. I think he's worn like eight and twenty three, and it's whatever. Like he he. His son said he doesn't want to wear his dad's number because he doesn't want people to know who he is or he doesn't want to be tied to him. And the meme was mm-hmm. like, coming in with number four is LeBron James Jr. It's like, hey, man, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder who that guy is. Like, it's, just, it's just like, I feel like it's impossible. Like, once you know, um, like, I feel like we've seen this with uh, Eddie Van Halen's son, where it just it feels like every, yeah. like every story or like pretty much every story is related to. In fact, there was like the most recent article that made headlines was, he almost got like kind of lashed out a little bit, where like he's not gonna. He said, "I'm not gonna play any fucking Van Halen on this tour." Which I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. Like I feel like yeah. it'd be really. You're trying to like. I mean, he couldn't control who his father was. It makes sense that if your dad is one of the most celebrated guitarists, you would, you would, have, you know, strike up an interest in music. And if you're trying yeah, to go he, on your, yeah, but he he plays. I'm pretty sure he plays drums, right? Yeah, but you know, you're still you're trying to. You know, you, you were inspired by you know such a great musician, and you're you want to make mm. your own music, and people just won't won't let you. You, you know what? Be, you know what's actually a good example of this? Maybe. Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's debatable. Do you remember um, the band Rise to Remain? Uh, it sounds the name sounds familiar. So they were kind of like a metalcore band. From a couple uh, years. Uh, honestly, I was gonna that. say that totally sounds like a metalcore band. Name. Yeah, but uh, it, it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's the lead guitarist. Either lead guitarist or the lead singer is uh, Bruce Dickinson's son. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and you know that that got that was pretty popular. But I that, that's one of those bands that like they just fell off the map. Like I have no idea what happened to them. Uh, it's the most bizarre thing, honestly. Because I feel like that um, that's a t- really tough. You know, you could use that like, hey, this is Bruce Dickens. Like, oh, you know, like you may help you get some notoriety. Yeah. But then, then it kind of, you know, the fad burns out quickly. I mean, that that's such. Yeah, but we, we we call this the Will Smith effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great example where, like, I feel like the two, um, like Jaden had his moment where he, you know, he was like meme 
he memefied himself, but I don't know if it's really. Willow released a pop punk album recently, which yeah, I uh, I I saw the why you know review for that, and I'm like, I'm not surprised by any of this. I mean, I listened to it, and it's I mean, it sounded like what I mean. I I can't say it was terrible, but also I don't. It was very much. Um, it kind it's, of it, it's it kind so of just bizarre. Felt, it felt like cosplaying, can, honestly. Like it just can, can, can we just like you know I I really want to talk about your album of the week, but just. Be- before we get to that just how bizarre is it like sort of the it feels like the turnaround from you know everybody shitting on pop punk and new metal and stuff like that to people just accepting it as like the new vanguard for pop music is just alarmingly fast honestly this is uh this is maybe like a, like the 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 dumbest way like or um dumbest comparison but like I used to wear a belt and pants, you know, like up on my waist when I was a kid. And then there was a period where I wore them below my waist. And now I can't imagine doing that. So I feel mm-hmm. like that, that same kind of cycle where like we liked it when we were kids and then we grew out of it, quote unquote. And then a lot of people are starting to feel nostalgic for like pop punk and alt metal. Yeah, and- but it's not even like nostalgia. That's the thing. Like, you know, because like Willow Smith, I don't know, like I'm thinking of people like that. I'm people like, I, I just feel like there are a lot of like, I don't know, like how old is Machine Gun Kelly? Like in his thirties, maybe. Yeah. He's, he's, he's relatively young. Yeah. And so like, you know, I don't really know if there's exactly any nostalgia there, you know, yeah. it just, it, and it's like, you have like all of these, you know, uh, you know, all these trap like rappers, you know, who are doing, you know, are bringing a lot of like, you know, kind of, you know, metal um, aesthetic to what they're doing, and you know, you, it just feels like there's like this new wave of new metal now, and like, you know, and pop punk and things like that, and it, it's just like, it, it, it hasn't even been a decade, really. Yeah, in, I mean, in a way. I I still remember when, uh, I mean, the first time I really noticed it was with the band Issues, which they... So they, oh, yeah. they, they were born out of the ashes of a band called Woe Is Me, where they, that was, like, quintessential, you know, 2010s, you know, you throw some electronics on, you know, like, beefy, <laughs> yeah. dumb, you know, metalcore riffs, and you have, like, a really, like, a like a, a good, like, a good high-pitched singer, and you just do, like, the clean, harsh, clean, harsh type thing. Yeah, and d- then, d- just, like, the, the, the ultimate scene band. Yeah, exactly. And then Issues, I mean... There's one song, uh, it's called St- uh, Stingray Affliction, I think. Uh, honestly, they're a go-to. I don't say guilty pleasure because I don't know how I feel about the term guilty pleasure, but like they're fun, like cotton candy music for me. And yeah. honestly, the opening to Stingray Affliction, it sounds like a remastered new metal riff from like the heyday. It legit just sounds like something that like Corn or one of those bands like legitimately could have could have <laughs> written. I remember when I showed a periphery to one of, uh, I think it was like one of the, the guys, you know, when I went to church regularly, I showed him, you know, periphery and he was like, wow, that, that just sounds like new metal. And at the time I was like, no, it is. Cause like, I was like, oh, new metal is not cool. You know, it's, it's, it's in the 2010s. <laughs> new metal sucks. But like listening back to it now, I can totally see like the song like that he was referencing. Like, wow, that absolutely is just new oh, metal man. to its core. I, I really hope there's like some angry periphery fan listening right now. It was, it was just, just yeah. like that's not true. I mean, like, at the very <laughs> least, it's it you know it's the whole you know like really bouncy jump the fuck up kind of like it's you know obviously maybe the you know 
sp- speaking of this, um, because I, I this kind of reminded me, my, my dad actually reminded me of this the other day. Um, the new album by um, oh, what was what was the band that I I sent you the album? I can't remember it now. Um, uh, fuck, it, it was that alt metal album. Um, oh god, why can't I remember this? Oh, Turnstile, the new Turnstile album, Glow On. You know what? Yeah, we, like the, 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 this is the same it? conversation though. The like like are, are, am I wrong here? Like like we're we're basically just like okay, like for for some reason people are all over this because it's supposedly forward thinking. I but I I genuinely don't. I, I'm honestly fl- like floored, legitimately that Fantano gave it. You know, it's it's one on his love list because I I did not like I, I don't think it was the worst thing I've heard this year certainly but it was the riffs were extraordinarily bland hardcore riffs and they just kind of threw some vaguely you know dream pop dreaming like but they didn't even really they didn't really embrace it you know all that yeah much. like it it never felt like it was like integrated into the sound even like yeah. it just felt like. Like oh, we included like this little intro to this song, yeah. And now we're a dream pop band too, but we're also a hardcore punk band. Yeah. What? Like <laughs> I, personally, I'm not the hugest. Uh, you remember the band Astronoid that blew up? Yes. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not the hugest fan of their music. Like I, I don't dislike it. I don't think it ever grabbed me that much. But they genuinely they say, same here. They genuinely did some interesting. Like they combined like the really like big, sh- huge shoegaze like post metal stuff with some heavier, like, it genuinely felt like they were doing something interesting. I really did not, I did not get it with New Turnstile. I, I, I had, it's one of the first albums in a while that, like, I was actively trying to listen. Like, I didn't really enjoy the newest Deaf Heaven, but I listened to it all the way through because, like, I just wanted to do it. Um, Well, you also bought it, though, so. The new, no, no, the new Deaf Heaven? I, 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 for some reason, I, I thought you you pre-ordered the vinyl for it and everything. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, I liked New Bermuda. Yeah, it just really feels like they don't know what they want to do because you know, Def or New Bermuda, they tried to be heavier, and it just wasn't like the black metal they were writing wasn't that. I mean, again, not terrible, but it wasn't that interesting. And then they like tried to be more alt metal on I think the, whatever the one with the Smiths cover. Like strange, yeah. corrupt human love, or whatever it was, and now they're you know they swung all the way in the other direction where they just made like a shoegaze record, and again it wasn't like it was hard to because people were fawning over the new Death Heaven record, which I really don't I don't get because I feel like there are there are multiple bands I could think of uh, like Holy Fawn, Bound, you know off the top of my head who have, have done this sound already more interestingly, um, but to me like it's not that. Like, it genuinely isn't that I miss the heavier aspects. I just miss the dynamics. Like, mm. on New Bermuda, when they were just trying to be a straight-up black metal band, they were like, yeah, you know what, you're not you're not really the best at this, but it's okay. And then the same thing with uh, Infinite Granite. Like, you know, they're like, this is passable shoegaze, but you're not really, you're not the best at doing this either. But, like, so I think if you took, if you isolated the two those two elements on Sunbather or Roads to Judah, you would realize that those elements on their own perhaps weren't, the best either but the way that they combined them and the way that they you know kind of built songs around the you know light dark light dark kind of contrast um mm. i think that's what made it work 
Uh, yeah. But I think, but, a lot, but, like, to bring it back to our conversation, I think a lot of it is, is just kind of chalked to the fact they just haven't heard these, and I'm guilty of this, where, like, I get into a genre, and then I, like, the band that got me into it, I don't really listen to anymore because I found better examples. Like, maybe it's just a matter of they really, like, I'm sure one band just really got into new metal and then, like, accidentally started a trend, you know, <laughs> by, like, reviving it all. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I just don't get... I don't know. I mean, but I, I feel like we could go all day about, you know, theories about turnstile. Um, but I, I let, let's let's talk about your album of the week, though. Yeah, this... Uh, I had to stop. Uh, so Basil, my dog, got her second heart. This all makes sense. I know, like, I go on my ramble <laughs> tangents, but uh, I need to stop in Salem on the way back from the wedding to get her, because she can't jump up and off furniture for now and in general for hips they recommended getting a ramp so i stopped at petco in salem and what's down the street but omus and i did i did a little uh little bull moose run and there's a record that i've seen the last few times it's been there for a little while the last few times we've gone i've seen it and i'm like you know what like i should i should i should get it but like then i'm on the fence and then you know i kind of look at how much i want to spend and it just it just keeps getting pushed to the bottom but I finally decided to buy it just because uh, the other records that I picked up. Uh, I think I bought a couple of the Death Cab for Cutie EPs I'm missing, which were both really cheap. Uh, and I think I bought a couple other releases that were relatively cheap. So I figured I'd buy it. And I'm glad that it stuck around as long as it did because I really, really enjoyed it. And I wish I had... Uh, I don't even think I listened to it that closely when it first came out because it, it probably would have been one of my... Um, one of my favorites of that year back when it came out in uh, 2017. Uh, and it is a stirring in the noose by, uh, I want to say John Froome, John Fromm, okay. uh, which I, I was always wondered why their name was like a name. And actually it's not really a person. Uh, I guess it's, it's like a figure that is associated with, oh. It, this is the it's, it's a like avant-garde metal right yeah and like their name yeah. is it's like associated with cargo cults on like a certain island basically the idea that you know american soldiers would bring you know they bring wealth and prosperity with them so i thought that was interesting and then i put it on and yeah this is definitely in the vein of the you know dissonant avant-garde you know psychedelic like the kind of the weirder death metal strain you know yeah, I, like ulcerate, I, yeah, ulcerate to a degree. You know, Pierron, Imperial Triumph, and whatnot, ingurgitating oblivion. But what I really liked about these guys is it just kind of felt it felt more like a weirder death metal album with like you know a capital D, if that makes sense. Like I mean, I love Imperial Triumph, but they you know they have like weird, like weird like post metal sections. They have you know like like weird like symphonic jazz sections and the choruses and stuff and you obviously peer on is basically making like the black flag of death metal these guys yeah, really they, they, i i i've heard um Piron described as like dadaist metal basically I, I can see like, that. which is a really really nice way to say it yeah frankly. but yeah but john Froome, uh i think they have one of the things i like about them is that their vocalist is was the vocalist for the faceless on planetary duality and i just have always loved his vocals i really i was really sad that he um 
you know, when he left. Uh, so like that, like just his delivery really pulls me in. It kind of gives it a little bit more of a, uh, cause I feel like, you know, Doug Moore and Piron, I love his vocals, but he, he's a, like really eclectic in his delivery and kind of mm. the, the same thing with Imperial Triumphant is that, you know, they pull in a lot of different guest vocals and whatnot. Like if, uh, see if I can find his name. Uh, the guy from John Froome is just very much like a, you know, like the, the yeah. deep guttural, um, you know, kind of stuff. I, I've actually been, I, I, I've been trying to look up the lineup. Uh, because I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah, okay, I was right. So Matt Hollenberg, who's the lead guitarist, uh, works with uh, John Zorn. Yes, I was, I was trying to remember who, um, you know, who it was. I knew that so, someone said that it was part, you know, collaborating with John Zorn, one of the, uh, yeah. one of the members. And, uh, I mean, yeah, because he's part of. Okay, so he's part of Cleric, um, which oh yeah, they, which he did. Um, they did one of the Masada Book Three albums, mm. um, and Shardik uh, released an album on Zadok, and yeah, so yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, vocalist is uh, Derek uh, Rydquist. Derek Rydquist, who also yeah. is in the yeah. Zenith Passage, which is like a modern, um, you know, kind of tech death band. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of like you said. Uh, he's also in Titan, the, the guitarist you mentioned, he's in Titan to Tachyons, which was a, uh, was a, a really cool instrumental metal project that released a record last year, I think. Um, there's a lot of cool... Oh, gee, how did I forget about this? But the bassist, uh, I guess he used to be in the Dillinger Escape Plan, uh, Liam Wilson. Oh. I don't know how long... Oh, right, right. Yeah, I don't know how long he was yeah. in Dillinger. I, oh, 2000, I thought he was in there for a while. Yeah, 2000 to 2017. Yeah. So he was in there for... That's pretty much the full, or at least yeah, the, the I mean, vast majority of the bands. He was he was basically there since Greg yeah. joined. So um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I I remember when this what 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 year did this come out? Uh, Twenty seventeen. So it's been out for a little okay. while. Yeah. So I I remember when that was making the rounds. Um, yeah, I I don't think I ever listened to it though, and well, I I guess I probably should. What's What's interesting is I think the reason. I didn't listen to, or it didn't grab me as much then is what I like about it now. I think I, at that time I was really looking for like the exclusively weird. I mean, I was looking for like weird music in general. Um, but I think the fact that it was more squarely a death metal record, it really is a, a death metal record with, you know, psychedelic, you know, bizarre elements. Um, yeah, it, so sort of like uh, if Mr. Bungle was like a tech death band almost. Yeah, but even I don't know. It was it was weird to. I don't know. Like I definitely I don't want to undersell that this this had a lot of interesting things going on, a lot of stuff that is very much outside the norm of death metal. But it, the core mm-hmm. of it was very much like just it was like death metal th- like through and through. Like the the I think there were more bizarre elements they incorporated into the death metal record into a death metal record versus going into it thinking, okay, like, and here's where we're going to set up the, you know, the full chorus and here's where we're going to set up the jazz. But you know what I mean? Like it just, it's, yeah, it was it like, was, it, it, it felt like it was, yeah. Like it was more of a death metal record than it was like an avant-garde record. Yeah, exactly. And I really, yeah. really liked it because it, it was, you know, you could tell they were all, they're all very good at their crafts and I totally get, yeah, seeing all those diverse influences come together, 
it makes a lot of sense. Like, it, it, you know, some of the bands mentioned aren't really death metal bands, but they came together. In some ways, I think that's why it came out as, as cool as it did, because it's people who don't usually make that sound. In a way, I think that's why I, one of my favorite, probably my, my number one favorite King Gizzard album was the Thrash album they made. Just because, obviously, they don't... Oh, uh, what was it, Rat's Nest? Yeah, Rat's Nest. Because, right. obviously, they don't they don't make anything that even close to Thrash Metal, usually. But their approach to it was really, really cool. Um, and you, I, I kind of this... Just... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just sometimes, like, an outsider's perspective, you know, I, you know is invaluable. Um, you know, kind of like... Um, have you ever read um, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by uh, Shunryu Suzuki? No, I haven't. Oh, that, that's a great book. Uh, but he talks about how, like, the, you know, like, like sort of like the Zen, I mean, that's the title, is that, like, the ultimate Zen mind is that of the beginner, in yeah. a way, that in their not knowing of everything, they know everything, mm. kind of. Uh, you know, I, I just, all it's just like, I think there's, there's something to be said by, you know, sort of attacking something from the outside as opposed from being in the, like, inside of uh, an established sound mm-hmm. or aesthetic. So, but, um, what were you going to say <laughs> before I interrupted? I was going to say something that i definitely remember and i'm not (laughs) uh i'm sorry what were we talking about because i actually was a point i wanted to make yeah um just sort of that they're coming oh oh uh, yeah uh it it was more general about king gizzard uh oh right i kind of missed that like whatever happened that year where they just were like we're gonna make five super really what is it, like five or six super weird and like the, i didn't not all of them vibe with me in the same way uh but mm. i mean i i really really i loved or maybe was that the same year i i forget because they are I you mean, talking about the one that uh microtonal banana yeah they released but i i think that was the year before that before rat's nest yes Yes, it was. You're totally right. But that same year, yeah, I mean, that year they had Flying Microtonal Banana, which was like this, you know, it was kind of what it says. It was a microtonal psych rock album. Uh, Murder of the Universe was like weird, like a weird surf record. Sketches of Brunswick East was like a weird jazz rock album. Uh, the last two, uh, Gumboot Soup and uh, uh, Polygon Wonderland. I didn't care. Oh, for- yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for those as much, but I liked the idea that they were always going to do something different. And the same thing in 2019, they did like a like a boogie rock, blues rock album, Fishing for Fishies. And, yeah. And then like a, like a crossover thrash album with some stoner tracks on it. And I just feel like since then, I need to check out Butter, Butterfly 3000 because I've heard a lot of good things about that. But KG and LW uh, came out in 2020 and 2021 respectively. Again, I thought they were good, but I, I I think that I mean this is how I've always felt, and like it's it's like I need time to I mean I think it's twofold. Like I need time mentally to like appreciate an album, and when a band releases albums at too high a clip, I feel like there's just too much. I feel like it cheapens mm. each each subsequent release release, but 
I think naturally it just, it's a, it starts to become a little bit of a gamble. Like, I mean, there, I don't think there's been a time where a band's released a ton of albums where I'm not like, yeah, they're stretching themselves a little thin. Like you can just feel it. Or at the very least, even if it's not a them thing, it's a me thing where I just kind of lose interest. Like it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's like whenever a kid, like when it comes out in you know, the latest release in their long, you know, prolific, prolific streak, it's just not a sound I'm really interested in. So I kind of lose track. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm not really, I don't really, I don't think I've ever actually listened to the band really but like like kind of like weezer almost yeah that that i don't know what they're doing but it definitely they are in that they're just like why not like how about we make a van halen record why the fuck not why wouldn't we how about we make a the one album in that recent string that i actually enjoyed was they uh it was i think it's oh yeah okay human it basically was like their take on like the beatles like Pet sounds that era of chamber pop, and I thought it, mm. I thought it was pretty good. Like I enjoyed it, but yeah. Then they did that weird, um, that weird like, hey, we're gonna make a Van Halen record, and it's like, but should you? Like, should you do that? <laughs> like, is, is that is that a thing people want? I heard is, that, it, is that the moral decision, Rivers? <laughs> yeah, like, and I I heard it wasn't that bad, or at the very least, I heard that it was what you would expect, which is. Is sometimes not I mean, a super positive thing you could say, but a record. Yeah, see, um, that, that, that's the thing is like from the little I know of Weezer, it's like I I feel like anything is like, like as long as it's better than like Ratitude, you know, and like Pacific Daydream, that it's like it, it like, like people are totally like glad to have it in a way. Yeah, e- yeah. E- even though it won't like come to the point of like Pinkerton in a way. Um, I, I never but again. I'm not really familiar with the band. Like, I haven't really listened to any of their stuff um, because I just feel like I probably would not enjoy it. <laughs> it's probably safe. Um, I, I, I never <laughs> listened to Pickerton because I, when I first listened to it, I, I just didn't... I don't know. I, I think it was just a little too, like... A little too self-aware. Like, ooh, we're quirky. Like, it just, it, it just a little... I don't know. But like some, well, some like the... Weezer feels like kind of the epitome of that type of mentality, though. Yeah, no, for no, absolutely. And sometimes it works. Like you know, Island of the Sun is is a is a is a cute song. You know, Buddy Holly is a cute song. Um, but yeah, I think I mean I, I'm actually shocked. The cluster of albums, I, I so. Yeah, I, yeah. I I feel like you you can only be I mean so prolific in a way without sacrificing a quality to an extent yeah um because they did i mean even just the last they released two albums in 2019 they didn't release anything in 2020 they've already released two albums this year before that 2017 2016 2014 like they just have been on a tear in the 2010s um and i don't think i mean i think a few of them were received relatively relatively positively and then some were very much not (laughs) received but i mean kind of as a a telltale sign of of where their career is at would really help give them some a resurgence was their cover of africa um yeah which i think the most like this is the society we live in headline i've seen in a while was (laughs) something about how Urban Outfitters ran out of their exclusive exclusive vinyl pressing of Weezer's cover of Africa, 
which was just like such an amazing, like amazingly <laughs> terror. <laughs> I have to find it because like you read the headline and like this is the most like internet culture meme culture. It, it, it's like the, the, this is on the onion, right? <laughs> oh, but yeah, but it was it was like it was a legit headline, and I was like, how is that a thing? Oh yeah, here it is. Weezer. I mean, Weezer's yeah. best song, Africa, is coming to vinyl only at Urban Outfitters. Like, stop. Get some help. It's okay. <laughs> oh man. God. I love that um, that headline exists though. Only in this timeline. Yeah. Can can we switch timelines? Like, by any chance, has anybody like discovered that technology yet? Because you know, mm-hmm. I, I will try it. I don't turn. I don't care if it turns me into like a pile of goop. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Just just get get me out of here, man. Um. <laughs> By the way, just just to cap because we don't need to talk about this any longer. But like my favorite part, I just googled that, and a couple articles down from the article that I was referencing is an article that is just titled "Weezer Must Be Stopped," and I feel that. <laughs> I, I feel that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I, I you know I just I guess when we were talking about prolific um, artists and sort of this like decline of quality why did you why did you text me this this is you you did that that was that was an evil that was an evil thing you did you're welcome <laughs> slash i'm sorry this is our last episode <laughs> oh no darkest timeline for oh, sure man. now i'm sorry uh no um i was gonna say um speaking of just prolific artist and you know sort of decline in quality uh john zorn <laughs> You know? Well, I mean, he's he, um, he's the. I mean, he, I I think the only artist like still alive who's more prolific than him is Murris Bow. Yeah, um, I mean, they're they're really in a class of their own with their output. Yeah, but like, I mean, I I I, I actually had this written down that we were going to do like an episode on this, uh, just because I mean I I've just grown like so disillusioned with his recent output. That I'm, I'm just like I haven't paid any attention to it, like at all this year, and I think for most of last year too. I mean, I don't know if this is the best term, you know, diminishing returns is just the term that comes to mind. I mean, there's only even as someone as insanely creative and talented as as, as Zorn, um, I, I just feel like there's a limited breadth of cre- like when you're producing that much music every single year like this is a limited I, like like how many possible configurations of you know, chord progressions and ideas and genres until you start like either you just run out of good ones or you just start because i remember you said how he was, was using a lot of the same with yeah. scales or chord progressions like over and well, over like, again he wasn't even corporate like he would literally just take the same exact lines like just like melodies, like literally taking the same melodies and just putting them in new songs. Like at least like perform by different instruments or or. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes not though. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, here's the thing though: is like I, I mean, I, I would, I, I would be in agreement with you about like sort of diminishing returns. But the thing is, like, he's been at this clip forever, and you know, like. 10 years ago it wasn't really an issue and it's just strange that in like the last decade it's become an issue like and i i mean maybe it's like a financial thing where like maybe like 
he really feels like he needs to put out more than usual just to keep the lights on in Zadik. Um, it's a possibility, but I, I don't really know. But, like, it's just odd. Like, I, I remember listening to an interview with him where he was saying that, like, he described it as, like, you know, like, the, the, the tap, you know, like, sort of, like, the, the wellspring of creativity is just always on for me. And, you know, if you want to keep using that metaphor, um, maybe it's time to sort of turn another tap handle. Because, like, if you're only getting cold water, like, that's going to get boring. You know, like, like you if you look at his output lately, it's, you can basically categorize it into, like, mm, basically three different things. So you've got modern classical, you know, kind of like that new new chamber music type of thing then you've got like metal like he's you know doing something with like avant-garde metal to some degree and then he's doing like this strange um i guess like mystic type of um you know output that he's been mostly just doing these these guitar trio albums where it's just like just the same old song that he's been doing played on guitar trios Mm. and he's made like four of these albums over like the last like five years at at least it could be more than that i really haven't checked but it's like yeah it 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 just perplexes me uh because like it's it's i don't know I, i feel like he's more than capable of of doing something you know more than this and and a lot of people looked at um the the album Baphomet that came out last year mm-hmm. is like this like real shot in the arm and like forum and things like that and it was like this groundbreaking thing because it was like this hour long metal piece except that it sounds exactly like all of the metal pieces he's done for the last decade like it, it, I don't know and I you know maybe it's just because I, I I'm not looking at the score I don't know like Maybe if maybe if I knew how to read music and I could be like, oh, look at him. He's being, you know, he's 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 doing this differently. Oh, he's pulling from Schoenberg instead, you know, or, you know, but I, I, I don't I don't have that. But even if I did, I mean, you could point out those exact lines that he's still ripping. He's ripping himself off in it. I, I just I just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could play devil's advocate with with myself, because I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but. Um, yeah. it, maybe it's a chance, you know, like you, you, you hear a bunch of albums that you're just really not, you know, vibing with you from an artist. And then you kind of like happen to find upon one that you're like, Hey, like, this is a nice surprise. You know, it's kind of, you can always go back to the well if you so choose. Whereas if a band doesn't release an album in a while and they come back with an album that they've, you know, put a lot of effort in purportedly and it sucks. I mean, that, that might I feel like that hits in a different way. So, so, so kind of like he's he's trying to like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, whereas you know, like an artist that I mean, I can't think of a I'm trying to think of an example that I don't know. I, I mean, I guess like a more, you know, more positive example is I really, as much as I would love to hear a new Converge album more frequently, um, like the fact that Converge comes, you know, they take their time with each new album, and when it comes out, I feel like they've they've stayed. Like, I can't think of, I mean, the early stuff, I don't want to say I don't count it, but just, I just I don't really listen to it. I, I stick with, you know, Jane Doe onward. I don't dislike any of their albums. Like, I truly think that 
each mm. one. And like, yeah, like you have to wait a little bit between them. But like, to me, that's, that's worth it versus, you know, someone, um, I'm trying to think of an artist that just continued to release like an artist I really liked. I mean, I think King Gizzard is probably a good, like I got really into them with that stretch of, of you know, that year where they just released, you know, fucking five new albums. And by the end of it, I just, you know, I didn't really care about the last two they released that much. Um, you know, I kind of got, mm. I got back into it with Rat's Nest, but I, I stopped, you know, following. And then now my interest is starting to wane again. So, you know. I, maybe like, um, I feel like noise artists, I mean, I feel like Mertzbaugh could probably fall into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little more difficult for him because like, at least with like a Zorn or like a King Gizzard, like there's adequate like press coverage on it. Mm-hmm. You know, or or at least like like th- there's something somewhere talking about it. Whereas like with Mertzbau, like you know he puts out these albums on like all these different labels, so like you have no idea, you know, where everything is, because it's not like it's it's not connected to his main Bandcamp page. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you have to like kind of rely on like Apple Music kind of, but Apple Music also doesn't know shit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time w- when it comes to like avant-garde music because le- like they'll, they'll be like oh yeah this is an ep and it's like no this is an album or like this is an album no it's, it's a compilation <laughs> like you know I, it, it's like it, it sometimes it just doesn't seem like they they know what they're doing on there so like you don't really know if that's as up-to-date as it could be because then there are always, you know, some labels that don't put out their music on Apple Music. And so, you know, it's it's a whole thing. So you just don't know. But, like, yeah. but but I feel like, yeah, like, the times I've tried to follow Merzabau, you know, very closely have not ended well. Because it's just, it's just a lot. It's, it's a lot to listen to. <laughs> and, uh, I mean... There's, I mean, I'll always keep an eye out for stuff because I feel like every year there's always, you know, something that sort of catches my eye or catches my ear. Um, But, you know, it's just like you you, you just can't do it to yourself unless you're just absolutely obsessed with the guy. Yeah, because I I mean, I I, I feel like that could be said about, you know, obviously I've become a huge Mountain Goats fan. Um, You know, I really like their music and I've, I've enjoyed you know everything they've done but i could totally see you know they, they've they've released albums at a pretty healthy clip over the last few years i could totally see someone taking the exact position i've taken you know obviously mm. you know again i'm a big fan so i i don't i don't view it that way but i could totally see how someone would that you know they've um they've definitely hit a, hit a certain um since releasing Beat the Champ, they've hit a certain groove. I don't want to say like they've released the same album every time, but like, you you know when bands like hit a different stage of their career, like you can definitely mm. you can definitely hear you can hear that they're in a certain part and they you know they've toyed with tinkered with their sound. Um, but yeah, so I guess I mean it's all about your vantage point. There, I think there's there's pros and cons to each because again for me, the Mountain Goats releasing a new album more frequently is amazing because I love their music, but. Yeah, I could totally yeah, see. I mean, I, yeah. I, at least it's, you know, coming out, you know, I don't know, it's, it's usually just once a year, though, right? Uh, recent, and part of it was because of COVID, where they just happened to wrap up multiple sessions. You know, they just were, like, were really productive. Um, that's kind of, you know, fumbling the history a little bit. But basically, they, yeah, it was just, it was, it was weird circumstances. They happened to create multiple albums, but... 
They've they've Wait, are, so, so so they have multiple coming out this year or no, I, they, I they, last, yeah, well, released, last year was just yeah they released one last year and they, yeah. they released one this year that were recorded at the same time uh, so, okay and I don't th- I don't know if they plan the release the way that they did or just happened with with, with COVID um, yeah but still they've I mean in some cases even just an album every I think before that they're releasing an album almost every other year which that might to some people depending on the band depending on how how differently you like how much you differentiate between each release that might even be too much then if you still haven't really like absorbed what the band did in the last album or there there's there still isn't enough there isn't enough different on the new album yeah but i i I feel like a year is a good time like frame to like be able to you know digest something i mean you know as opposed to five albums in a year where like so basically you have like two months basically to get used to an album before a new one comes out like a, 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 at least you get like around 12 months <laughs> instead mm-hmm. but you know uh, like you said like i think that takes time because it's not like you're you're you know waking up and just putting on this album every day yeah um like at least in in our in our cases because we we just we favor variety um <laughs> Actually, I I had, what did I, I, I had this the other day, I, I had something on, I can't, oh, it was um Box Number 10 by Jim Croce, um, and then what comes on afterwards, Get Got. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, I almost wanted to text you and just be like, this is, this is the shit I live for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. There's, uh, I've told you before that Lauren, um, more you know, for our anniversary every year, she makes me a, a playlist of all this, like all the songs, all the greatest hits we we new music we listen to over the course of the year. Oh yeah. So there are some songs that just because we listen to those soundtracks a lot. Um, so uh, I'm trying to get the sequence correctly, but I think it was there's a song in All We Love We Leave Behind that just to her helped her appreciate metal lyrics and vocals because she just felt like oh yeah what, what, glacial pace yeah glacial pace thank you and yeah. i think that song came right oh no, no, you know it is in the, but it's uh the first song on cal decapitations uh the the uh anthropocene extinction because that was <laughs> that was the first metal song i sent her where she's like what kind of music do you listen to when i sent her that and she was like oh wow that's something <laughs> Uh, and then and, and she still married you. She did. I know it's um, quite lucky. Uh, yeah. But then after that song, I remember because the first song on that, like the the opening song, leads into like there's a, a drum fill that opens up to the second song, and so that drum fill starts. But then she put Dream House by Death Heaven. So like the dr- like the drums kind of play up the big tremolo, and it just fits so perfectly. So now every time I listen to that kind of decapitation record, I just am prepared to hear Dream House uh that that is so is, yeah just like mentally like i'm like okay here oh wait no that's a completely different album whoops um <laughs> so oh uh, that's great yeah um we're getting at like 55 minutes right now so i think uh do you want to um cut this loose sure for this week Seeing as we, i think yeah. i think we recorded for two hours yeah last episode we were in like an hour and a half yeah we were getting um, we were getting there it was definitely it was yeah. it was a long one uh yeah, it was it was it was a beefy boy. Yeah, it was it was a good um, good combo for 
for sure. But oh yeah. It just look yeah. at the clock and I could, oh yeah, I could see Lauren standing at the door just glaring at me with with, the, with dinner <laughs> in her hand. No, that didn't happen. I made that up. <laughs> Say well, one week it will. It'll be really funny. No, I, it, it, it'll be funny except not funny for you. Uh, Actually, but... that did happen once, and it wasn't. Be- it was because it was like relatively soon after we got Basil, and she was really acting up. So like Lauren was trying to make dinner and like corral Basil, and she like opened the door and stared at me and was like, "Are you almost done? Like I can't do this." <laughs> will you will you tell that asshole of your co-host to get fucking off already? <laughs> no, I think she wanted to tell the, the asshole of our young puppy dog that you need to calm the hell down. <laughs> yeah okay well that has been our episode this week (laughs) we'll be back uh to talk to you later all right bye-bye thanks for listening guys and uh if you're interested uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishura Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishura Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.